Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here today with uh, one of our recent graduates, uh, Jonathan Huber. How are you, Jonathan? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's so great to see you. Um, Jonathan has um, has stayed in touch. He is, uh, uh, but he hasn't been gone for very long to stay in touch. So we're going to have to keep on him to stay in touch as he uh, as he continues throughout his career. Uh, but Jonathan is a 2023 graduate of our program. Um, I, I told Jonathan when I asked him to to come on, I said that our our current students really love hearing from recent graduates and seeing that. Oh wow there is something out there for me and um i will get a job you know and uh so it's uh it's really great to get a chance to talk to him uh jonathan is currently serving as the database and operations coordinator for pebble beach concord de elegance and uh, we're gonna we're gonna shorten it to pebble beach concord today so everyone will know what we're talking about and we're not gonna we're gonna let them we're going to hang that carrot out there, Jonathan, and let them wonder what the heck that is. Some obviously know, but um, we'll we'll let you uh, fill them in on on what Concor is and and how exciting it is to be working with them. But let's go back in time a little bit first. Tell us where you grew up, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. I spent most of my uh, younger years in the Bay Area. Um, you know, had a had a couple other. Places that I went, uh, including Connecticut and England, but oh, for the nice. most part, um, was in the <laughs> Bay Area, different areas. But yeah, okay, okay. Well, uh, that sounds that sounds awesome. Tell us, uh, tell us about uh, wh- what did your what did your folk parents do while you're growing up? Yeah, yeah. My dad was the reason we ended up moving around um, a little yeah. bit. He was in finances for the composite manufacturing industry. Ah, um, so working with you know, the parts that go into making planes and that sort of thing. Gotcha. Um, my mom's homemaker and also spent a lot of time um, working for the school, volunteering and doing a lot of the big events that um, a lot of schools had yeah. that I was part of and my sister was a part of. Yeah. Um, so kind of had that from a younger age. Love it. Love it. Shout out to domestic labor for sure. My mom was, uh, my mom did the same and I, uh, I, I gained a, a great appreciation for how much work that is. Right. And, uh, and wow, your dad, I bet, I, I bet your dad had a lot to say about that. Re- the recent planes that are, uh, w- with, the um, door, what was that a door flying off or a window or whatever that was recently? <laughs> did, did he have, did he have something to say about that? You know, I actually haven't talked to him about that, but I'm sure he would have something to say. Yeah, that gives you that gives you a talking point next time you talk to him, right? Yeah, uh, I love it. What about what about siblings? Have any brothers or sisters growing up? Yeah, I just got a younger sister. Um, she is studying uh, business at University of Denver. Nice. Right now, yeah. Nice. University of Denver is a great school. That's really cool. And and shout out to to younger sister. I I just realized as I'm saying it, as it's coming out of my mouth, every time I say this, Jonathan, I I'm like, why why do I say? Do, did you have any brothers or sisters growing up? It's like, um, yeah, I still have a brother and a sister. <laughs> <laughs> Not just growing up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, um, a uh, hundred and almost 170 in, and I'm still getting the hang of this. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about 
what you were like growing up. I think it's kind of fun to to picture what uh what young young Jonathan was into. What was your what was your jam while you were growing up? Yeah, I spent spent most of my younger years in sports. You know, when I was really young, I was one of those kids that was in every sport that I could every season, mm-hmm. going from from practice to practice. So um, good for you. You know, ice hockey was a big part of my life. I played 12 years of ice hockey. Oh, um, so yeah, the, I played- sharks. the sharks were a big influence on you there in the Bay Area. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, played at their practice ranks, used to go all the summer camps, things like that. Um, so where did that connection come from? Was your dad or your mom ice hockey player growing up or? That was our, our short time in Connecticut when I was younger. Oh, um, I got into it and fell in love with it when I was young and nice. Um, we used to, during the winter classic, my dad would go out and we'd flood the backyard. Um, and we'd have a rink for, you know, however much of the winter that we could. Right. Right. Yes. It was amazing. And that was like, you know, one of my fonder younger memories that was going out, getting off the school bus, hopping on the rink. Right. That is really cool. Well, well, we've never really talked about that, but you know, um, I have a little bit of a uh, connection to, to Connecticut hockey in that the Hartford Whalers became the Carolina Hurricanes who, who I worked for when they, when they opened their arena and when they were first getting started. And so, uh, uh, that's really, that's really cool. I love those old Hartford Whalers jerseys. They were really, really cool. My buddy, my buddy is from Connecticut and he has, he has a hat and I love it when he breaks out, breaks out that old hat. But, um, um, so that's cool. So let, let's talk a little bit more about, um, about growing up. And, you know, I, I added this glory days segment for, uh, for the podcast where you get to tell us about your, your proudest accomplishment pre Cal Poly. Um, so, uh, is is there something that stands out or, or, uh, an achievement that you're going to share with us? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for me, a lot of times uh, I spent a lot of my younger years also, um, working on cars with my dad. Um, that was a big part of my childhood was, you know, he still has his first car, which is a 1955 Chevy Bel Air. If you know what that is. Oh, um, and then when my mom was pregnant with me, he bought me for him a 1958 Corvette, um, that we still have. And so I've, you know, spent a lot of time doing that. And so, you know, I think a lot of those glory days accomplishments was working on the cars. Yeah. It's always that, you know, when you turn them over and you, you, you that first startup is, is always a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, hockey, of course, was part of my, my glory days in high school and yeah. that experience, um, starting my own hockey team with my friends and joining the league that we were in and, nice. um, you know, after a couple of years, we went on to win the championship. So those are those are some of the the younger the memories that I, I hold on to. Right, right, right. Well, I love that, and I love that your dad used you coming into the world as an excuse to buy a 1958. What do you say, Corvette? Correct. Yeah. Yes, and and but then we we see what type of a dude he is. He stayed true to his word, and his son is now what twenty some odd years later is saying. 
we still own it. So I love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I'm not sure my dad would have been true to his word like that. <laughs> it would be like, oh no, I sold that thing like a long time. <laughs> so that is really cool. What a what a bonding moment for you and and pops. Um, that that's pretty awesome. So let's talk about that path, Jonathan, to to Cal Poly. I mean, obviously, being in the Bay Area, we have a we have a pipeline right from the from the south and the north and the central and and whatever but um but you know i think everyone has their their own unique story about how they heard either about cal poly or got interested in cal poly or um the major right because we're not necessarily something that everyone thinks of when they think about college so so tell us about that story yeah you know funny enough you know most of my younger years I, I spent thinking I was going to go into tech, thinking, yeah. you know, of course, software. And, you know, I, you know, my younger, I was spending my time taking apart toys, learning how they worked, putting yeah. them back together, um, you know, doing electronics projects. And that actually was my first internship in high school was working for a tech startup. Oh. Um, and one of my coworkers that was there was actually a Cal Poly student. Mm. So when I was a sophomore in high school, I went and visited Cal Poly. Fell in love with the campus, fell in love with learn by doing. Yeah. Um, really, I knew I wanted to be at Cal Poly right. above anything else. Right, right. Um, well, what and, you about know, the major? You know, I, and that, that now explains some things. I can tell, I, I could tell a few times in the classroom, you had more of that analytical mind. You're like, what is Greenwood talking about here? I want to know how to put it together. Uh, so tell us, uh, <laughs> tell us about the, the major. How'd you find the major? And, yeah, yeah. You know, my mom actually graduated from uh, Cal State Hayward, now Cal State East Bay, yep. with a recreation major. Oh, awesome. So, you know, that's how I Great heard about program. it. Yeah. And um, went on, looked at Cal Poly's program, learned more about it. And um, just I, it was the right fit. And, you know, I was looking at seeing how I could bring computer science in tying that in. Uh huh. Um, so actually, during my time at Cal Poly, I did take a, a number of computer science classes um, just to support and learn more about that area. Yeah, what a great what a great thing to to um, to to supplement your 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 college um, education with, obviously, with the move towards data. And we're going to talk about that here in, in a second. I mean, it's just such a valuable thing to to know um, to know the ins and outs. So let's talk about your, um, you know, your experience uh, while you were here at Cal Poly. You know, um, you you gravitated more towards the sport management side, right? And took um, your concentration was sport and recreation management, and um, and you ended up working for a couple of the what I call our learn by doing labs, right. In the, um, in the slow blues and, and also, um, Cal Poly athletics. And so you were able to build your skills there. Um, talk about those, um, talk about either one of those two experiences from a professional development standpoint. Um, do you feel like they were helpful during your, during your college career? Totally. Totally. I mean, they were, both of those were, you know, incredible experiences, you know, always, you know, as I was going through, um, you know, in preparation to top on this podcast, I was thinking about what the trajectory was. How did I end up here? Yeah. Um, which is always kind of a fun thing to do. Yeah. What, what, were, what were the small steps that were taken? And it kind of brought me back all the way to RPTA 110. 
I had Luis Silva, um, who was at the time a recent graduate of um, Cal Poly Sports Marketing um, EIM. Yep. And he was there speaking to the class and he was part of the Cal Poly Athletics um, Sports Marketing Department. Yep. And, you know, that was kind of the trajectory that it took. I went and introduced myself to him, said, you know, I'm really interested in this, what you're doing. That ended up turning into an internship in 2020, fall of 2020. So we had athletics going on, but it looked a lot different than anything the world had ever seen before. I was going to say, yeah, like, I mean, you know, in working for an athletic department at that time, you were one of the few people who were actually out doing that. Right. (laughs) Everybody else was like doing work from Zoom and you're out there at games, huh? Yeah. I mean, that was that was such a unique experience. I remember my first game was, you know, I'm sitting there. I walk in, introduce myself, and I'm pretty much just kind of thrown into a game. Um, But I couldn't have anybody sitting next to me. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to do both the video board, the audio sequencing, and then also communicating with our PA announcer. Right. Without having any fans. <laughs> right. Um, and so it's just a really unique experience. Okay. And I think that kind of helped launch me into um, the role that I took in the um, Cal Poly uh, marketing program. Yeah. And it was, it was a great experience. Going from there, ended up, you know, the, the department got a little bit smaller after Luis went to um, Stanford. Yeah. And so ended up taking a much larger role in the game. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Lo and behold, Luis goes to Stanford. And so you're there. You had you had to step up, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so there was a group of us that had, you know, we were returners. And right. so we got to step up during our football um, game production, which includes, you know, Chase the Mustang, which is our live Mustang. For those that don't know, the name of Chase mm-hmm. is, is the actual Mustang that runs on our field um, at the beginning of the games. And that's a large production element. Uh, oh, yeah. During 2022, that even included having a um, parachuter jump onto the field. Oh, oh, nice. And so timing all those things and learning those high stakes production elements was definitely a big part of my um, you know, experience and that learn by doing lab, as you said, it's, yeah. it was, I, I couldn't have paid for that kind of experience. Yeah. You know, and, um, I talk and you, you've heard me talk about this in sport management classes where, you know, yeah, of course it's one thing to like work for, uh, you know, a UCLA or, a or a university of Texas athletics program that is obviously like really big time college sports. But when you're working for those in an undergraduate setting in particular, you're not going to be given a whole lot of responsibility. Um, And almost everything you're going to do is going to be pretty menial and not really gaining too much experience. Now, obviously, the thrill of being associated with those sport programs is great, but at a smaller school like Cal Poly, like you really, you really get to get your, get your, uh, get your hands dirty and and your feet wet. So to, so to speak. And I love thinking about what it must've been like, um, Jonathan, for you, like starting during the pandemic and there being no 
uh, no fans in the seats. And then like fast forward a couple of years and like a big volleyball match or the big soccer or, or whatever with, with the stands are packed. I bet that was pretty cool to, to see that transformation. Was that, was that, is that really the case? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a few moments where, you know, as, as the marketing interns, you go on the field and you get that kind of un, under the lights experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're running out there with the t-shirt cannon or, you know, whatever the activation is. And it's kind of that, that fun experience that you get, um, that, you know, all that time you spend in the office planning all these little things. It's those small moments that, you know, I always remember that you don't remember the time you're sitting in the office at times might seem like it's long, but it's those small moments you have when you get to be part of something or you get to see you know, the, the kickoff happen after you've done all the production elements leading up to it. Right. And those are the moments I like to take away always. Right. Love it. Love it. Well, uh, the other, the other question I like to ask about your, your, your time in San Luis Obispo is, is there, is there one memorable experience that you look back on and you go, Oh, wow, I'll never forget this, whether it's a group of friends or, uh, you know, a sun, a sunset or a sunrise on bishops or, or something like that. Is there, is there anything that really stands out? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a few moments like that where it's, you know, times that I've spent with, you know, the, the bonfires on Pismo beach, the, you know, me and my friends used to spend a lot of time going up to TV tower and watching the sunset from there um, or going over to Pozo high mountain, um, off-roading over there and right. spending t- nights just, you know, there were, there was a few nights where, it was a random Wednesday night. We went and we camped up on the mountain and awesome. six a.m. in the morning, we went back into town, went to class, and that was just That's something cool. we did. And so those are just some of the memories that I, you know, hold on to tightly. Yeah, of course. Of course. I love it. Um, so let's talk about the the pathway um towards uh towards what you're doing now. And and obviously um that that is a that is a linear path right because uh because your your internship uh was uh is is obviously directly related to what you're doing now talk about that experience of making that connection with pebble beach concord and how you got the internship um what you did and that sort of thing obviously i know since i was your internship supervisor and all but but tell uh tell the the listeners about that experience yeah definitely um yeah so we go back to spring of 2022 so i was um that was my junior year and i was looking at internships and sitting in teamwork online trying to find okay what what can i do well where where am i going to live how am i going to make this work um and i ended up going and I searched every single event that I'd ever been to, went through their site, and I went to their jobs link, and I emailed all. I went and I found, okay, this random festival that I went to, I want to look at, I really liked how they did that. I want to reach out to them. And so I reached out to them, and I got to Pebble Beach Automotive Week, um, which for those listeners that might not know, is one of the biggest car shows and collection of automobiles in the world okay. that, that happens That'd be in the world right yeah um and i me and my dad used to go to that as uh, in my younger years because you know we love 
the cars. We love going and looking at the cars and going to the auctions and um, just going to the activations that happened. Yeah. And so I went through all the different events that I, I had been to. And the Pebble Beach Concours always stands out uh, amongst all of them as, as something that, you know, I, I really liked. And I, so I reached out and between when I had reached out and when I actually was offered the position, I had taken a position with the slow blues yeah. during that summer. And so what I ended up doing and, and they were, they were at the Pebble Beach Concours, they were very flexible and they said, you know, normally we don't do part-time internships but we'll we'll see if we can make this work for you and so i ended up spending my weekends in slow working for the slow blues working the games and during the week i'd commute back and forth from slow to pebble beach to work um in the carmel offices here and that was that was my summer that was my 2022 summer i love it and so that was kind of how i got that's how i got in the door um, and then after that, you know, I got started getting towards the end of the internship period. I love, you know, what the event was. I love, you know, the, the office, the people that I was working with. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, communicated that and said, you know, I'm really interested in returning, um, in a, in some capacity. And, um, that's how we ended up with the internship and now full-time position. Right. I love that. I love that. That's so great. And, um, you know, uh, as I'm, as I'm talking to you, I did not, obviously we haven't really gotten into your, your past and your family and, 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 and growing up, I, I had never really gotten into that with you. And so now it's for me, it's really cool to like connect all the dots like, Oh wow. No way. Jonathan was, uh, was, was interested in cars and his dad, they had that bond with cars. And so you grew up going to, uh, going to this event. So now paint for us, Jonathan, if you will, a picture of this event, right? Like you, you've said that it's a car show and that Pebble Beach Automotive Week, and it's uh, you know one of the biggest ones in the in the world. But for those who have never been to one, um, I think it, it's kind of hard to 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 imagine. So, to give us a little bit of the spectacle of it all, like what is uh, what is the whole what is the 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 Pebble Beach Concord? Yeah, yeah. So. You know, a brief history of it is back in 1950, there, which is when this event started, there was the Pebble Beach Road Races. Ah. So they used to race cars through Pebble Beach. Um, no way, like the, 17 mile, six, or what is it, 17 mile drive or whatever? Yes, yes. There used to be road races from 1950 to 1956. Wow. And in addition to that event, there was also a Concord Elegance. Okay. What a Concord Elegance is, is it's a display of elegance in vehicles. Um, in 1950, all these people had come back from the war and seeing these elegant European cars. And so there was this want to display them, to look at you know the British swooping, large, um, you know, pre-war cars that they had. Right. Think think of you know the old Rolls Royces and you know the those early pre-war cars right and so this event has evolved from there uh-huh. um, but kept its root and its core 
Right. Um, and there's been, you know, it used to just be this, this race and the race eventually moved to Laguna Seca. And that was how Laguna Seca was founded, mm. was based off of these original road races at Pebble Beach. And Laguna, race, Laguna Seca is a raceway here in Monterey. Right, right. Um, so they incorporate that now into Automotive Week as well? And so, yeah, so there is an element of that in um, Automotive Week. So once where we are now today is there is a week, almost 10 days of events that occur here in um, the Monterey greater area, including at Laguna Seca. There are historic races where you have everything from pre-war cars, um, open, wide-bodied, right. uh, you know, cars, and even more recent, you know, cars that are historics now. Right. You know, we've got historic races that are happening. Um, we have our Tour de Elegance, which is one of our larger events, where the 200 cars that are honed down from the almost 5,000 that apply to be on our show say, field. Like the Super Bowl, right? Yes. So to be on our show field, there's a large selection process that occurs. And that's how you become one of the around 200 cars to be selected, to be displayed on the 18th fairway of Pebble Beach. Wow. And that's what the Concord Elegance is. Right. And uh, the Tour Elegance is those almost 90%, 80 to 90% of those cars ranging all the way back to, you know, the early 19, you know, early, you know, 1910 and mm -hmm. earlier mm -hmm. that'll drive all the way down to big Sur and back from Pebble beach to big Sur and back. Nice. And it's, it's an absolute, it's, it's absolutely incredible to see these museum pieces in motion. Right. Right. Which is why we have one of our trophies that we award is elegance in motion which comes from that tour de elegance. Oh, wow. And I bet now like there's like full on like drone footage of that. that you have drones going up and yeah, I bet that's pretty so, amazing. Yeah. It? Historic Bixby bridge. We always have, um, you know, a drone that captures the cars. One of our, my favorite shots um, from the past couple of years is there's a drone that flies under Bixby bridge loops over it. And follows the car across the bridge, which oh, is wow. it's seeing those cars moving. It, it's nothing that can be described in words. Right, right. That's awesome. That is awesome. And and I just imagine, you know, I I I mean, you remember me talking about in in sport management classes, like you know, something like the Super Bowl, all of the events that that spawns right is is um, just a massive undertaking and so for those uh, listeners out there if you think about the super bowl of car shows that's what pebble beach concord is and um and so i imagine the excitement of having a hand in in planning all of those different events is quite an undertaking and so uh yeah, yeah jonathan told me um when, when we hopped on that that yes they are deep deep into planning for uh for the next one tell us when it happens every year always the third week third sunday of august so sunday of august okay and so it's usually the week we are the the capstone for the entire pebble beach automotive week mm -hmm. um, people refer to it as monterey car week carmel car week um, but we are the last event. Um, right. You know, it 
Sunday at 5 p.m. when our best of show, mm -hmm. which is regarded as one of the most um, you know sought after awards yeah. in the automotive world, right? Uh, when that car finally crosses the ramp, that is the conclusion of um, Pebble Beach Automotive Week. Okay, and so when the Hollywood director is ready to like um, write the script for the Concord Best in Show, like the uh, like the dog, uh, like <laughs> like the dog Best in Show, do you remember that uh, movie? You'll you'll be one of the consultants for the movie uh, that they <laughs> do on it. But uh, um, we have an infatuation with cars in this country, you know, with Ferrari uh, coming out uh, recently, and um, lots of lots of. Uh, Lots of car movies out there. So let's talk about um, what you're currently doing, Jonathan, as database and operations coordinator. Um, you, uh, you, if I'm not mistaken, um, developed a affinity for uh, for Excel and data, and uh, we talked earlier about your computer science. Um, skills that you developed. Um, tell us about um, tell us about that element and what you're doing now. What's your day to day like? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a unique role. Um, but it's the like as we've discussed before, it's kind of the future of where events are going. Yeah. Um, you know, optimizing the current systems that exist um, and making making events run smoother. You know, it's always it's always the goal of of event planners to make events run smooth, no, and no. so that's part of what my role is um, in the ticketing capacity, um, the transition from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic allowed our event to go to fully digital ticketing, ah. uh, which was a big step for for our event. I'm sure, um, and so that's one of the things that I have oversight on is the digital ticketing, which is a big role. Um, managing not only the the all of the general admission attendees, but all of our VIP um, attendees and our VIP venues. Right. So. Right. I imagine a seventy-five-year-old that owns a Rolls Royce being told there's no longer a paper ticket; it's all digital. That might have been a little bit of a tough transition for some people. So, uh, so were 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 you part of of that transition? Did you have to? navigate that or did that happen before you so the transition uh started when i was an intern in uh summer of 2022 so in that capacity i was uh the interns one of the great parts about the our internship program is you you are the front lines on the phones so you get that that hands-on experience right uh, and as you might imagine with an event of of our level there's a lot of people that call and you have to have that high level customer service oh, ability yeah. and problem solving ability to think on your feet and manage those. So definitely yeah. was, was something that, you know, I've, I've watched happen. Definitely wow. still people that reach out and, you know, we do our best to see, you know, if somebody's having an issue, is there somebody, a family member that might be able to help you or is there something else we can do? Yeah. To help? Because you always want to make sure that, you know, our attendees have the best level experience. Especially yeah. if they're a VIP or they're paying for a VIP experience, right. um, it's that seamless experience that I always like to, you know, take upon myself to make sure that our attendees have. 
Right. I love it. And, you know, you said that VIP. I imagine with, with Pebble Beach Concord, there are a lot of VIPs, <laughs> right? Definitely. So, so I, I wonder, um, and, and, and I think you can, I can't, I think this can be referred to as a luxury event. Um, Definitely. so w- what do you think from your experience, right? With, with hosting, you know, lots of different events from a, a slow blues game to a, um, you know, to a, maybe only like 500 people at a, at a men's basketball game at Cal Poly to something like this, which is luxury high end. What do you think? Um, what do you see as the big difference, um, between, um, those environments? You know, there's, there's differences, but there's also a lot of similarities. You know, everybody's still, regardless of how much you paid to get in the door, whether it was $10 to get into a blues game or, you know, our, our starting level VIP ticket is $1,100 mm-hmm. uh, is, is our first level. Anywhere between, you're still somebody that's paying for an experience. You're still um, expecting a certain level of, you know, what was promised to you when you bought the ticket, whether that's baseball on a good game and, you know, you know, when the blue score, you score uh, big prices um, or, you know, a luxury experience where you, you get the parking pass that you paid for. You are able to get into the venue that you're at, have a great food and beverage experience. Um, So it's always, you know, meeting those expectations and then exceeding them. Right. Right. I love it. So, let's let's talk a little bit more about that uh that data element right um i i know you uh i know you're a bit of a a data a a data geek which is uh which is a uh a good thing it's not a um it's a it's a compliment not a not a uh, (laughs) not a a slight at all um tell us about um you know, when you think back, you mentioned the computer science classes, you know, obviously, I know you you took RPTA 360, our, our um, evaluation and assessment course. Um, what what skills are you bringing to the table from that database management perspective? And what um, what would you recommend to those who are maybe interested in data and being able to learn more to, to grow their skills? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of two sides of the coin here. Uh, you brought up RPTA 360, yeah. which is, is great because I have used that class as a stepping stone to one of the, one of my oversight duties, yeah. um, here at the Concord as all of our surveying. I, I lead all of our surveying efforts. Um, you know, I ran the, the RFP for, um, getting our new survey provider. Nice. Um, I'm the, you know, I've, help build the survey. And then the important part is not just sending a survey out and okay, we got feedback. It's actually doing the analysis of, okay, what does that mean? What, what, what do they want? What is it telling? What are we going to do about it? Um, So that's, that's one side of it. And then the other side is all the way back to that RPTA 110 class. When I said, okay, I'm in events, I'm in sport, but I want to bring this tech element that I have with me. Yeah. And I've kind of carried that all the way since, you know, my, my freshman year. Yeah. And so being able to say, okay, what's this technology element that I can bring in yeah. and tie together. And so, um, we have our database system here, um, which is a custom app that we have that runs 
a number of our essential business operations, um, including our digital ticketing system, is all tied together mm-hmm. uh, in this system. And it's kind of it, it's incredible to see how integrated an event can be. Because when you think about this event, that's you know when when you think about the demographics and who's coming to this event, yeah, you know it, it's typically an older demographic, but on our back end, we have a very high end, high tech system that runs everything um, that, to do with our event and all the management of the data, our contacts, right? Um, keeping track of the hundreds on thousands of cars that have had the privilege of driving onto the 18th fairway of Pebble Beach. Right. Um, and because that's important data, that's historical data. And there's a certain historical oh, element sure. to our database yeah. as well. Yeah, I love that. That's so great. And I love that you I love that you've geeked out on it. It's so great because I, I and I think it's a really, really valuable lesson for for people who are listening, particularly our current students or or, or prospective students, right? Find a niche, right? So so Jonathan not only took um something that that he bonded with with his dad over and and um and and you know um got interested in in cars growing up but then also that tech aspect and grew that like a lot of our uh, I, i think too many um too many times uh college students are like me and they just take whatever they can take right because we whatever like a friend's taking it or or something stupid like that. Um, well, I shouldn't say stupid like that, but you know what I mean. Um, something less pragmatic than that. And um, and when really you should be thinking about what can I take that could help me in life, right? Whether it be personal life or professional life. And and Jonathan um, looked at that from a professional life standpoint. And so I just think that's just fabulous, Jonathan, and and just kudos there. So let's talk a little bit about challenges and opportunities. We'll we'll start um, we'll start with the negative. We'll start with the challenges. You know, we, we've talked about data. We talked about events. We talked about luxury events. So you can kind of I'll, I'll let you I'll let you answer this in in any of those realms you want to. What do you see as the biggest challenges moving forward? Um, I think you know one of the issues we we hear about a lot in this you know collector car industry. Yeah. is you know who are we going to pass the baton off to mm. who's what what's next um and man, i think i want to use that as you know a point to bring up one of the one of the really fulfilling parts of of my role and and one of the fulfilling parts of what we do here at the concord is we have this great event that we're bringing in people from all over the world and what our chairman um sandra button has been able to do is leverage this event to raise this year uh raised a record of 3.1 million dollars for the local community um and that goes mainly to you know the local youth and then also the um the our our scholarship opportunities which include um auto scholarships and automotive restoration yeah um and more recently one of the local um, youth organizations um, has opened a collector car um, restoration program. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah. Really, really cool. I love hearing that. So so now opportunities. What do you see? What do you see as the opportunities um, moving forward? Yeah, I think, you know, 
all of this, all of the technology, all of the database operations that, you know, can streamline and pipeline some of those, some of that gray work that, you know, we like to bring up sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, all those things where you, know, you think about tasks that there's a computer that could be doing this. And what can I spend more time working on the actual organization of the event or, you know, fine tuning the small details. Um, and that's really what I think this transition has allowed us to do. Um, over to having all of our, our systems streamlined. Um, yeah, that's post pandemic world where we were able to go from physical tickets, mailing out thousands of tickets to our attendees all over the world. And we've now simplified it to it's an email. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you show up to the event and if you left your wristbands or your lanyard or your tickets at home, it doesn't matter because it's on you. your phone. And you walk in the door, you scan your ticket, and you walk in. And you know, there's there's definitely still challenges with integrating a new system and and all those fine tuning things. But um, you know, looking at what technology can do, what what you can learn from, you know, your your surveys, what new analytics tools there are mm-hmm. to learn about. Um, you know, our IT team provided us with analytics on. How many people are going into different areas oh. based on, you know, those sort of, you know, that Wi-Fi um, tracking ability that um, there is where you can track people on how, what's the throughput. And then we turn that information and, you know, information is king right now yeah. when you're going in the sponsorships and activations world. Yeah. Um, and when, you know, we're, when I present that information to my team, it's then going to sp- to our sponsors and our potential sponsors yep. we're saying okay well if there's that many people you know what's what's the roi what's mm-hmm. what what are we getting back for what we're doing in yeah you're able to rattle it off and 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 have it readily available i love that and i love the optimism related to um technology and 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 um you know letting it help us i i um one of the one of the best descriptions that that I heard um, uh, about AI is that um, it's like everyone has their own personal assistant, right? And um, and, and you know, being a Star Wars geek and and fan, um, you know, just thinking about, oh yeah, of course, like see, we all have our own C three PO, right? We all have our own R two D two, right? To to <laughs> help us, a personal assistant there, and so um, I, I I know that there's a tendency to 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 go towards the negative and go towards the, um, you know, uh, bots taking over the world type thing. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I think looking at it from a positive standpoint and just making the experience better and, and helping us to fine tune that experience. And when you're talking, um, you know, the luxury event world that you're in, um, that is, that is, is critical. There's, there's, um, a lot of money on the line and there's a lot of money on the line to, to do good things. Like, uh, like you said, that $3.1 million. So that's really awesome. You know, I won't ask you, uh, uh, the, uh, the question of, um, what would you tell your junior year self since that was just a couple of years ago, but, um, I will, I, I will t- ask you this one, you know, what advice do you have for those current juniors, right? Who are in your spot where they're looking for a summer internship that might end up turning into, um, you know, 
an opportunity, a job opportunity, an internship opportunity down the line? What what advice do you have for them? Definitely. Um, and you know, this is something that, you know, I, I always like to, when I'm talking with people that are, you know, in that same frame or even younger going into college, look at what you want to do and look at what you really enjoy mm-hmm. and go for it. You know, I didn't think that, you know, I was going to end up here. This was not the trajectory that I saw for myself, but it was something that I wanted. And it was something that I, you know, I reached out, you know, go on the websites, go look, you know, there's, there's internships that are kind of hidden that you have to really look for. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put the, these coveted internships on your big job boards. So if there's something that you really want, you should reach out to those companies early, you know, before they even post them or, mm-hmm. you know, before you're, you're in that position where you're on the deadline, um, yeah. uh, which is, you know, I, I ended up where I thought was on the deadline and it turned into a great experience. Yeah. Um, but always reaching out early, you know, looking at your contacts and looking who's that second connection that you have right. and how do you get that first connection and then second connection? Yeah. I love it. Well, Jonathan, I really, really appreciate you taking the time today. It's been um, it's been really great to to catch up. Um, Jonathan had reached out to me and um, for me to share some internship postings with with Pebble Beach Concours and um, and so I uh, we we forwarded afforded those to our to our jobs blog coordinator and then I said, hey, what about a what about a, a podcast? And uh, and he was uh, he was happy to oblige, and I really appreciate that and um yeah just very excited for people to get to hear from you and to hear all about pebble beach concord and um you know i i um i, I just uh I, i'm not a car guy myself i will say that but um my uh my dad and my stepdad both were car guys right and so um just knowing that you have that bond with your dad and knowing that you're doing something that you love it just um it just makes me makes me smile, and um, that's uh, that's why I do what I do is to see, you know, my 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 former students doing what they love to do, and so that that's um that's great for me. Thanks so much for taking the time, Jonathan. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. See ya.